I can't wait for you guys to meet David. I'm just saying. Um, excited about that. Excited about a lot of great things coming up in the life of our church. Uh, so glad that you're here this morning. So glad we can kind of start packing out the house. Um, so that that makes me excited and happy. I do want to give you a slim opportunity, this very small window, okay? I'm going to share with you what we're going to talk about. And you have like 1.5 seconds to make a decision. And if you don't move in that 1.5 seconds, you are going to stay here. Do you understand? Sermon today is on patience. So if you want to run, run now. Otherwise, we're all going to do this together. All right? Today is true faith in patience. So turn with me to James chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. I had my patience tested once. Came back negative. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I keep asking God, God, when I, when I need patience, don't give me the opportunities for patience. Like, just give me patience. You know, don't give me these chances to be nice to someone or put up with a situation. You know, I, I, I tried that. It doesn't work. Just give me the whole package so I can be done, right? Wouldn't that be easier uh, if we could just have the total amount of patience that God wants for us and then life is good. Um, but that's not always the case, is it? Um, and I have to warn you, don't ever try to do a project at home that you don't like to do the week that you're preparing to talk, preach about patience. It took me like 35 seconds, I think, to immediately lose my mind. I had to paint one of our bathrooms at home. And I don't mind painting. Like, give me the whole wall. You know what I mean? Already cut already taped off. Just give me the big sections. I'll knock that out. Oh, but oh my goodness. Never mind. I might have to step down if I keep talking about that. So patience is, yeah, it's a difficult piece, but this is what James has is talking to us about. He knows it's reality. We know this is reality. So turn with me to five, James 5, verses 7 through 9. It says, be patient. Uh, be patient, therefore, brothers. Now, this is different than last week. Last week was very clear on some potential outside influences of the wealthy, uh, the, the oppression that came, the abuse that came from wealth that people were dealing with, and, and James kind of was targeting out, and we, we got some good nuggets last week. But this one is directly to us. Brothers and sisters, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So James goes right in with, with be patient. And it's not easy. Uh, as I wrote this, I have, ugh, like U-G-H, capital letters, two exclamation points right after the word patient. And, but it's an important piece of who we are because James says it's, we need to be patient until the coming of the Lord. So we've got to be patient during this whole time, but know that there's a hope that's coming uh, that allows us and gives us the strength. And how often do we get into a situation like pain in the bathroom that I'm already at my, you know, most impatient, that then I pray for patience. Well, when I'm super impatient and I pray for patience, 
it's, it's not too late. I mean, God can work miracles. But wouldn't it be nice if we trained ourselves enough to work on every situation, especially the smooth, the easy situations, to be patient? To where as a, you know, annoying situation comes up, we're kind of trending on this patient mindset instead of waiting till the last minute. And now, you know, we're just done with the whole situation and then try to get patient. So it's a mindset, not to wait for the big situations, but to actually be prepared and have that mindset always. And that Greek word for patience is long-suffering. Suffering with endurance, suffering for a long period of time. If you have a, if we have a short fuse, I have a very short fuse. If we have a short fuse, we're not patient. Uh, and how often do we react quickly without thinking through a certain situation? If we're easily frustrated with other goofy drivers, that's a nice term. Goofy drivers, we're not being patient. Uh, if we're quick to find fault with others' imperfections, we're not being patient. If we snap at our kids over minor childish things, we're not being patient. A true patience is tolerant of the imperfections, faults, and differences in others. Uh, it gives, when we have that mindset, it gives the others an opportunity to make a mistake. It gives others, others opportunity to grow, to mature, and we just need to be patient. Where sometimes it's like, you knew that you should have done that and you didn't do that. And that, and that causes a reality, and I know that, that that can cause some impatience. But all through Scripture, patience is an important part of our faith. Uh, when we go to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, the very first quality that describes love is what? Patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. So think about that. If we're not patient, we're not being as loving as we can be. So patience is an important part. And then you have the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience. Uh, from Galatians 5. And like all fruit, it takes time to grow. It takes time to come to when the, the fruit is ready to be used uh, by God and by us for the glory of him as we deal with other people. And aren't you glad that God is patient with us? Uh, thank you for his patience. Let me read to you Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should receive repentance. You notice that too. It's not our timetable of slowness. It's God's timetable of slowness. Sometimes that's a lot slower than we want. Is it not? So I'm glad and thankful that God is patient. And God is patient because of Jesus. Because Jesus allowed us to be in a right relationship with him, that our sins are forgiven, that then we can have a right relationship with the Father to allow us to have that relationship. And in that comes grace and mercy and love and patience. So thank you, Jesus, for this gift that he's given us through his sacrifice on the cross. And with our sins forgiven, we have access to God. And it's a patient relationship on his end, isn't it? Um, he knows all the plans. He knows that we're going to blow it. But he's still patient and loving to us. And we just need to be patient until Jesus comes back. Look at this phrase, that until the coming of the Lord. 
And James is like, we have to endure all the way to the end until Christ comes back or we're taken from this earth. And in the meantime, we need to be patient, but know that God is patient with us. So until the coming of the Lord, there are three times in these three verses that James says we've got to endure until the coming of the Lord. And let me turn or turn with me to Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Because not only do we have to endure that time with this life that God's given us, the culture we live in, the outside influences and frustration and chaos, but we we have until the Lord comes, but then we have that hope when the Lord comes. So Titus 2, 11 through 13 says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, So we have this salvation in Christ, and then we have to endure, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's pretty easy to be patient knowing that there is this amazing hope coming, that our our Savior, Christ, is coming back for us to take us from this place. And then we don't have to deal with patience anymore. Uh, we are in the, the glory of God in heaven and having our perfect, complete lives and our faith completed to where we don't have to deal with patience. But in the meantime, we still have to endure and to be strong. And knowing that God is not done molding and making us. This is part of the faith growth process. Part of us learning to be and experiencing opportunities to be more patient. It's God working at us. We're not going to succeed. We're going to continue to fall flat on our face. But it's where God wants us to continue to move and to grow. And to understand that we are still being tested. We are still going to have to go through trials to where God does test our patience. Uh, And we have to continue to then take our faith, keep our hope in Jesus, and endure through that situation. And we can do this. And we can be patient because we know that Jesus is coming back. Amen? Amen? So how can we as Christians experience this kind of patient endurance? And of course, James gives us the picture of a farmer. Now, I, for one, can never be a farmer, all right? I tell Carrie, Carrie loves to do plants and flowers and stuff. Look, just go get the, the, the flower that's already blooming and then we'll plant it. Like, boom, we're done, right? <laughs> Not fertilizing the soil, tilling it, tearing it up, watering it, preparing it for the seed. Make sure the seed's just enough under the, the level of the dirt and the soil so it'll grow. Make sure you water it. You know, is it a shade plant? Is it sunny? Is it, perennial and whatever all those words are like it takes a lot of work um and so i know i can never be a farmer i also can't be a fisherman because i don't have the patience for a fish to bite the hook and for me to get the fish uh anyway so it's hard to be a, a farmer it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of planning no crop appears overnight unless you're like at my house these weeds pop up like that I wish weeds were prettier because then, then I'm set. But, but it takes work. And James knows this. So you have to work as a farmer. It is nonstop all year. And 
James knows this, and we, we have a faith to work through. It's not our Christian faith does not mean when we accept Jesus that we are told, okay, look, just go up on the mountaintop, put your little robes on, and wait for my return. No, we have work to do. We have a life to live. We have a faith to work out, and we have a witness, an amazing uh, gospel to share with those who are lost. So we have work. We have this life to work through. And what does James say? The farmer works because he is waiting for the precious fruit. He knows that something good is coming. James says to be patient for the coming of the Lord. And we can be patient in a lot of situations when we know the reward is going to be great. Correct? It's lunchtime. You go down 301. You want a Chick-fil-A sandwich? There's a long line, right? All the way down through the parking lot. Do you get in that line? Yes. You know why? Because Chick-fil-A is good. Okay? I go to Arby's. We're probably... We don't have any Arby owners or employees, do we? As I already went there. I was trying to think of some random... All right, so for Arby's, maybe no one's in the line. So why wouldn't you pick the short line where you can get fast your food faster, or do you wait patiently for food that you enjoy? Uh, and so there are benefits to waiting when you know the reward is great. How much greater is the reward that Christ is coming back? That we can't be patient. And why do we fail then? Right? It's this vicious cycle. Good old sin. Good old selfishness. And then God provides the rain. Look at this picture that, that James gives of the rain. Again, God's all in with us. He's not leaving us to our own to work through our faith. He provides the rain. He provides the nutrients that we need to grow in our faith. In Palestine, Palestine, the early rains come in October and November, and then soon after as the, the seeds are planted, and then later rains come in April and May as that seed, the plant is growing uh, and maturing. So, so there is constant watering that needs to happen. God's all in and is providing the water and the nutrients for us. And knowing this, the farmer is willing to wait patiently knowing that the rain's coming. How patient are we now with God that we know, and if we trust him, he knows, we know he's going to come through in whatever situation. But sometimes we're impatient. Sometimes we get angry and frustrated. But it's on God's timing. Farmers don't get to ask God, hey, I need an extra dose of water, you know, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Um, we've got to wait on God's timing. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we have to wait in situations for God to move and for his will to be done in our plans. And as we grow in our faith, we do produce more fruit. Uh, there's more fruit of the spirit that comes from our faith. The love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's hard not to go into that song, right? That's how I wrote it out. But all of that is fruit, that we get from the Holy Spirit in our relationship with God. And sometimes the fruit's not ready. Sometimes we're lacking in whatever, in our faith, to allow the Holy Spirit to work. And that's going to come. Let me read to you Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. 
But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What are we planting in our life? What are we working towards? Are we going after the things of God? Or are we wanting to do it the quick, easy, randy way of just getting the, you know, pre-blossomed plant to put in the ground? We've got to be patient and work with God and allow the Holy Spirit. And he's given us amazing tools. He's given us a family to come and worship together. He's given us his word for us to study and to dig in on our own and with others. He's given us direct access to him in prayer. All these things have allowed us to work and till and plow through and, and sow and reap the fruit of the Spirit by our work that we have to contribute to this relationship of, with God. And that's amazing that God is all in with us. And as we grow in faith, God is producing good fruits in us. We just have to be patient and keep doing the work. And then James says, "Here's be patient. Look at the farmer to be patient. Uh, and part of that is this faith growth process to, to continue to work and apply your faith in every situation. And then verse 8, he says to establish your hearts. So be patient, and then James says to stay strong, and then be nice. So verse 8 is establish your heart, stay strong. That's a picture of, of an established heart. It is strengthened. It is to hold fast. It is to make stable, to place firmly. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The establishing of our heart. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before that, before us. And then verse 12, the ESV says, looking to Jesus. Some of your translations might say fixing our eyes on Jesus. Set in place our focus on Jesus establish our vision and our sight and our focus on Jesus. Not anywhere else, not left or right, not behind, focused on Jesus. And as we do that, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then verse 3, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Like I said, God's all in. And when we keep our eyes focused on Jesus and we are establishing our hearts in the direction of God and staying focused, that gives us strength and the endurance to be patient in everything else in our faith. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I wanted to take a moment, and I felt convicted, so I'm going to share my conviction with you all. How is your faith? How is our faith? We've, we've talked about our faith growth process for months now. We've talked about our faith. How is your faith? How is your relationship with God? Are you continuing to grow? Are we, and I would say we. Are we continuing to, to work and get our hands dirty? Are we continuing to go after and stay focused on the things of Jesus and Christ alone. How is your faith? How are you doing? 
How am I doing? It, it's a continued growth. It is a continued process. We have a long way to go. We've come a long way. Thank you, Jesus. How is our faith? How is our faith? And know that it's a struggle, it's a process, but it's in the strength and power of Almighty God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our only way. But man, we've got to stay focused and and keep our eyes on him. And then verse 9 says to be nice. Hey, it kind of doesn't fit. You know, we're hitting all this hardcore faith and patience and endurance and all of that. But man, patience can be really tweak our minds and our attitudes, can't it? Um, I might get in trouble for this, but my few seconds of being going from, hey, let's paint the bathroom to a few seconds of frustration. I mean, I was snapping a little much and it affects others. And I think I've shared this with you. I tell Karen the boys, I'm sorry that I splatted on you, right? You get impatient in life. You get frustrated. It could be your own relationship with God. You're getting frustrated. Well, it affects how you treat others. Okay, you're splatting all your yuckiness all over them. And James knows this. And here's a, here's verse 9. Do not grumble against one another. With all of the forgiveness, patience, love, and mercy that we get from God, we should be more patient with others. And sometimes that's the most difficult part. And knowing we, we lived in Waterford, California, my first full-time church out of, out of college. I started seminary then. But they were almond farmers. Um, but they were some of the nicest people I know. And I don't know if James used the farmer illustration because farmers back then were nice too. And I'm sure there's some cranky farmers, but these people that I knew were awesome people. Uh, and they would harvest almonds, which is an amazing, uh, amazing way that they do that, by the way, because the almonds are on the trees. Well, they don't hand pick them. <clears throat> they have this big machine that you drive with this giant claw that grabs the trunk of those trees and literally shakes the almonds off the tree onto the ground. It's awesome. Terrible for the allergies because all that dust is flying around everywhere. Uh, but it's amazing. But they were awesome people. And I imagine this picture of, of hardworking Christians in their faith who I pray are nice and strong and encouraging that, that gives us an example of being patient with others. But impatience with God leads to an impatience, impatience with God's people. And this is a sin. This is a sin that, that we've got to avoid. Uh, and understanding that pressure from the outside, pressure from this world, our culture, work, wherever, we've got to be cautious not to, to affect others with our testimony, one with our impatience, but the way that we love others and treat others. And that Greek word, it means to grumble. Okay, so you could be nice. People can be fake nice, right? Smile, you know, how you doing, Joe? And off you go. But that word grumble is like this underlying, you know, shaking your head like I can't believe that person's like that. Um, I did a lot of groaning and grumbling while I was painting, by the way. But patients are on so many levels, and we can hide our impatience, but it affects our heart. Or we can sit there and affect others by our, our words and the way that we treat others. 
And wouldn't it be embarrassing, and I love that James talked about this, this other picture of Christ coming, says that the Lord is at the door. And wouldn't it be embarrassing if the Lord should come while we were sitting in judgment of someone else? My mom was the worst about coming and all of a sudden appearing at the door when I was loving on my younger brothers. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, no, I told you, know, I was being boss. I knew what they were supposed to do and not do. And all of a sudden, mom's there. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. How often are we judging others? How often are we mistreating others? How often are we not speaking love and God's love to others when Jesus is right there watching the whole thing? Um, and so this picture of our hope that we have in Christ's coming, that we can be patient, this picture of a farmer to be patient, the work in our faith, knowing that the outcome is going to be amazing, this great hope that we have in Christ Jesus with his his coming back, and this opportunity that we have to continue to keep locked in and set our eyes on Jesus, and then have that be a testimony to others and not let our impatience be a destruction and a distraction to our witness to others. Let me close with this. Life is crazy. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's frustrating. It's scary sometimes, especially in the difficult times. We just want Jesus to come back. Jesus, save us. Get us out of here. I can't handle life anymore. But until then, we do have a life to live, a life that God has planned out, a life of testimony of this amazing gospel that we have and the work that God is doing in our life, a life that God has given us, a life for us to live like Jesus and glorify the Father allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in us. We just need to be patient, keep our eyes locked on Jesus, because you know why? Jesus is coming. We have this amazing hope. And we have, we can be patient. God's got so much for us. And we've, we've seen throughout our time in James the great work and the great desire he has for our lives that he's given us. Uh, It's so much more than him waiting for us to get to heaven, uh, to be with him. It is that he wants us now. He has a purpose for each and every one of us. He has people in our lives that we have an opportunity to share Jesus with that someone else may not. What an amazing picture that God's given us to love him, to keep our eyes focused on him, and in the meantime, live our life for his glory. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning that you continue to mold us and and to make us. And Lord, sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it hurts the changes that you have to provide in our life, the situations, the trials. Father, but I pray that you continue to give us your strength and endurance to be patient, to wait for you uh, with our, our future hope that we have in Jesus coming. Father, that you help us to stop and to reevaluate what you want for us, what your will and your plan is for us. Father, help us to listen to the Holy Spirit more in our life. Uh, Father, that we continue to allow you to mold us and to make us. And Father, keep our eyes focused on Jesus. No other way, no other direction, no other person, no other book, no, 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 no other, uh, Distraction or no other influence in our life is greater than Jesus. Uh, help us to love him more. 
Help us to keep our eyes focused. Father, thank you for loving us and being patient with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.